Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Just a couple things. The marriage summit is this weekend. It's going to be a great time. I had somebody come to me at the end of the gathering and said for last Wednesday, which I heard was a great turnout. They kicked me out. Um, a couple of people said, Pastor, you don't need to be here. You work too much. Don't come. Just let us handle it. So I was like, okay. Um, and so they said it was a great time last Wednesday and that um, the, we couldn't even fit the men up in the third and a half floor. Uh, ladies, great time. Um, great time in, in that. Somebody said to me, Pastor, we... We're going to be talking about marriage. You know, they said to me, uh, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a, a member. And I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about, we're going to have other things. But I, want, I, I don't want you to sleep on being able to deal with and engaging family issues. And so um, our next few Wednesday nights is going to be on those things. And then this week, we're going to be having a marriage summit. One of the things that we've done, I think we've engaged different groups in particular ways. But because of where we are and where we need to be, we want to beef up our family development stuff. And so I'm excited about not just the sermons, but also the practical things that will surround that. So be there this weekend so that we can get it in for the name of God through Jesus Christ. Fellas, I just want to give you this last thing as you guys stand, everybody stands for the reading of the word. Um, please hurry up and sign up for um, Manhood Restore Conference. We only have 310 spaces. 80 of almost, well, 100 is gone already, um, which is abnormal for a men's conference to start selling out that early. It's going to sell out. I got a guys telling me they're bringing their church men's ministries. So if you're a member here and you want to go, we're not going to hold you a seat. You got to go ahead and register. Um, because I had a friend hit me up from Texas. He's bringing a group. And so um, it's going to be a great time for us as we, on April 13th and 14th, talk about men's issues. And I'm encouraged by pretty much the salt retreat being sold out already. Amen. 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 So now you got to drive down if you want to come. So praise God. Let's go ahead and turn to Proverbs 31. Um, we're finishing this up today, although we're not finished with the series. Verses 23 uh, through uh, verses 31. Uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 31, uh, 23 through 31 on three. One, two, three, go. Amen. 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 Today, I want to talk about in the last sermon in this section of our series, as we go into the next section of our series, I want to talk about there is nothing in the world like a woman with godly character. There's nothing in the world like a woman with godly character. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you. 
honor you for the opportunity to talk about uh, distinctives of the faith. Um, we get to exalt you in talking about these distinctives by getting to know how you formed and shaped and developed things. And so God, as you continue us through this series on family and uh, us reflecting our king, our manufacturer's commitment and clarity of what we should be, God, will you open up our hearts and minds uh, and, and fight against any substandard philosophies and thoughts that would push against what you want us to understand about biblical womanhood today. God, give us wisdom and give us grace to receive and be committed to you in and through this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in this sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There is nothing like a woman with character. How many of you agree with that? How many of you agree with that? Some of y'all like, it was like, those were light claps, you know, some like, yeah, whatever, character one thing, but you know, like, we need everything, right? Um, but character is a very, very important thing. Somebody say character is important. Um, looked on, uh, my psychology background has me have a, uh, going back and looking at some things from the um, psychology association. That was my undergrad major. And it's interesting that they said that character in psychology today, character, particularly a woman or anyone, is intelligence. Well, particularly female character is intelligence, it's drive, it's happiness, goodness, friendship, and vulnerability. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Those sound more like temperaments than they do characteristics. And I believe that many times, in, in, in the world, if you pass the mic through the world, people would have their own ideas of what makes, what, what is character? You, well, I, I, it's sort of like abstract, but concrete at the same time. In, in, in a sense, at one point you have, man, that person has character, but then if you ask somebody what makes up them having character, it's based on things that you notice about them that they portray to you or to everybody else that lets you know they are a person of value. But, but, but the issue is, and, and I, I love this quote by, by, by one historic figure, he said, he, said, he said, listen, character is who you are. Dale Moody says this, who you are when nobody's looking. In other words, when, when the lights are off and the performing is gone, character is who you are when no one is looking. And one of the things that we all are born with is, I don't know if you know it or not, but no matter how good you think you are, how nice you think you are, because most of us have a pretty good view of ourselves. We do. You know, you know. Uh, um, um, um. The question is, do you and I recognize that all of us are born with bad character? <laughs> Nobody said amen to that. They just said, hmm. We're born with bad character. As much as we want to say, oh, that's a good person, Jesus says, there's none good but the Father. Yes. So if that's true, and God requires character out of us, he has to give us the ability to get character. And, and, and we don't recognize that when we talk about the ability to get character, it's impossible for a human being to get character on their own. 
In other words, in order to get character, because we messed up character in the first place, the more we try to create character on our terms, on human terms, we keep messing it up worse and worse and worse and worse. Therefore, God has to help us to be imputed with character to build from. And in light of that reality, trusting Christ as Savior renews you. That's why you become a new creation when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior. You become a new creation, and in becoming a new creation, you are given the bedrock details of the fundamental things that make character character. Now, practically, you don't have character yet. Positionally, you have character. So God has to surround yourself, surround you with things that irk you, that challenge you, that builds you, that nurtures you in order that character may be built. To build this a little more as we get into Proverbs 31, uh, I, I didn't even mean to go to here, but I think I need to. Romans chapter 5 lays this out for us real good. Look what Romans chapter 5 says, right? It says in verse 1, down about verse 5 or 6, it says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous or justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's where it starts. Right? So, so justified by faith, we're not justified by faith plus works. Uh, faith plus anything isn't justification. This is very important for the foundation of this message. Y'all trekking with me, right? It says we have peace with God, so the beef is crushed between God and man. Boom. There's no more beef between those who trust in Jesus Christ, right? So it says with our God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says we also have obtained access. Somebody say access. Through him by faith into the grace in which we stand. So now that we, we, we've, we've gotten this by faith, but now we get access to him continuing by faith. This is so amazing. It's an into which the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Where's character in here? It's finna come. Here it is. Verse three. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We rejoice when bad stuff happened to us. Now, who does that? Like, who like, wow, this is a real bad day. I thank the Lord for it. Right? It says, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Wow. Endurance means the ability to take more stuff. Endurance produces proven character. Uh-oh. So the only way to have proven character is to go through something. You're not going to be who God wants you to be until you go through something. Now, God doesn't leave us there because we're not just masochists. Like, come here, trials, hurt me so I can grow. That's not what we do. That's some crazy stuff right there. Like, I don't know what spirit you have on that one. Proving character produces hope. That means, that means that even though you're going through something, you can still have expectations that God is up to something. Right? So when we go back to Proverbs 31, we, we're nurtured by the fact that character is Jesus Christ, God utilizing life to make us look more like Jesus Christ. In other words, character are those characteristics that are focused on 
us looking like Jesus. We can read that back into Proverbs because we read this as the whole of Scripture reinforming itself of what the idea of character is as we look at a passage like this, right? What, 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 do, we, what do we see as character? What a character is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and goodness and love. Those are good characteristics. That, like 2 Peter chapter 1 says, God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who's called us into by for his own glory and excellence. It says, add to your faith <coughs> um, more excellence or virtue uh, or, 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 uh, uh, to that um, uh, self-control, self um, knowledge, self-control, self-control, uh, uh, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. It says, if these are yours and are increasing, you will never be unfruitful. So when we talk about character, <clears throat> these are concrete characteristics that we can see biblically that character is summed up in Galatians chapter 6 verses 20 through 224 and 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 10. That's how we know what character is. Our character is developed first. It starts by trusting Jesus. Y'all still tracking with me, right? Got to build this foundation, but then it's developed in your trust of Jesus through difficult things happening to you as a scheduled appointment for God to force you to work on your character. Now let's go back to, now we're ready to read Proverbs 31. Now we're ready to read Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, first point. Um, with a woman, there's nothing like a woman with character. Oh my goodness. Love that. How you know? Her, number one, her man is a man that doesn't hide from other men. What in the world does this have to do with anything? Look at the verse. Now remember, this is a mother talking to her son about what type of woman to choose. And so she's telling her son... A woman can not only be known by just looking at her, but you can also know a woman's character based on the type of decisions she makes. Look at what it says. Her husband is known at the city gates. Why? Um, it's interesting that the, the beauty of what God has called um, uh, um, us to look through, like, and again, we're going to read this in its context. And we're, those of you who got to get the singleness, don't be mad at me, all right? So I'm not saying the goal of the Christian life is marriage. But what I do want to say is this is kind of pocketed in the idea of choosing a mate. So, so can I read it and preach it based on that? Is that okay? All right, I'm just making sure I don't, you know, want no trouble. All right. So it says her husband is known in the case. I like this. The word know here is the Hebrew word yada. Somebody say yada. It's used of a multiplicity of things, but it means intimately known. Ah, I wish I could just preach the rest of the sermon on that. In other words, <clears throat> this woman is willing to marry a man only if he's willing to be known intimately by other men. <clears throat> In other words, this is not a hiding man. If a man hides, run. If he don't want to be known by other men, oh, I, you know, I'm just doing me, you know. I mean, I don't, you know, God working on me, me, my Bible, my prayer life, boom, it's just us. But, but like the Christian life doesn't work like that. 
Like you never, I'm just letting you know, as much of a mess as I am and constantly in need of Jesus, myself. I need some people in my life that are going to be truth tellers. Now, I'm, many times I hate on steroids what they have to say to me, literally. But I know what they're saying to me is good for me because of what it develops. That means there has to be a place where men open themselves up. So if somebody's trying to holler at you and he's a Christian, first. Um, not the Lord told me this special thing about to happen, and he goes, no, no, it's Christian. <clears throat> One of your interview questions, which you should do, is not just do you have a job. <laughs> One of your interview questions should be who's in your life. <laughs> who's in your life? Can I meet them? And if you're like, oh, you know, nah, oh, the date is over. I'm giving you jewels right now. I'm just telling y'all, use these jewels. And, and, and as you begin to see what type of people he surrounds himself with, we'll let you know whether or not he's a thumbs up or thumbs down. So this woman allows herself to be found by a man who allows himself to be engaged by other strong men. How do I know that? It's right here in the text. <clears throat> he's at the city gates. <clears throat> Who's at the city gates? Where he sits. I like that. He's not standing. He's not pacing. <clears throat> sits in the Bible is a point of intimate fellowship. So when him sitting at the gate, he, he, he's, he's not there lollygagging at the gate, making jokes and talking adolescent ideologies. He's among the elders, which means he is an elder. Okay, now, that doesn't mean I'm saying that you got to marry a preacher. Some of y'all are like, do I have to marry an elder? No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. God help me. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think that's what the text saying. It means that he does have what we would say are elder qualities. Now, let's explain that. Y'all tracking with me still? Okay, I'm just making sure. <clears throat> when you look over to 1 Timothy chapter 3, don't turn there. Verses 1 through 7, it gives you the qualifications for an elder. or the Really, it's not qualifications. Really, it's characteristics. Because qualifications for leadership come from character first, not what you can do first. In other words, leadership starts with character in the Bible, doesn't start with aptitude. Oh, help me. I'm by myself. Anyway, Proverbs 31 is to the Old Testament for women... What 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 is in the New Testament for men. So this, if, 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 there, if, if we're talking about biblical, why, why do I say that? Because 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 is, a, uh, is masculine-centered, uh, if, if you will, or uh, gender-specific in its masculine attributes. So what it's saying is, is that a person that is the pastor or be an elder in the church should be some of the best types of men in the church, which should be exemplary men that has comparable character that other men can look at and say, I know they're not perfect, but I want to be like that. Proverbs 31 is the same thing for the Old Testament as it pertains to women. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but, but you, it should be 
copable femininity, copable masculinity. Boom, back to the gates. This dude is willing to sit at the gates, but not just sit at the gates idly. He's able to engage in making righteous judgments among other men who are beasts too. I love this. And so, and so this type of woman, the Bible says, <clears throat> she works through and she is allowing herself to be found by this type of man. In other words, in your household, there are not imbalances in maturity. There should be, there should be a, a connection and parallel spiritual maturity between the man and the woman, not this giant man who's brought on this woman who's not really a beast herself, and now um, he, he got to carry her along. Or it shouldn't be a woman who goes to church, who loves the Lord, who's committed, and has to be because of the slim pickings, um, chooses low on the scale trying to pull this cat up. That's not biblical. So let me just give you something for free. Don't be so desperate. I, 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 I know all kinds of things. I, I, don't be so desperate that you let yourself be found by anything. And so when we look at the scriptures, there's almost this, this kind of standard by which, I'm not saying everybody's supposed to be like this beast like on a day, but there should be some type of parallel commitment to Jesus Christ where you're holding hands and you're also putting your hands up to God as he pulls both of you along in your walk with Jesus Christ. Second point, I can stay on that all day. Second, her strength and value aren't in the material world. Her strength and value aren't in the material world. I like this. It says she does make and sells linen garments. Linen, you know, back in my day, see, y'all don't appreciate linen like we used to. See, linen used to be the fly gear you wear. Spring come, you ready to put on your little crushed linen outfit. You know your little shirt, you, look, you open your little shirt and show your little hamburger meat right here, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, you be walking down the street, you know, you fly with your little linen on. Linen is <coughs> a really, really light yet durable, beautiful fabric. So, so when we talk about this, 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 when you look at linen, you can tell that linen is just quality. A particular, I'm not talking about, you know, that men's, I mean, that, what's that, K&G linen? <laughs> like some of the dudes know what I'm talking about. That KNG linen is almost like you can see through it. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? But, but see, we talking about like that next level, like that Neiman Marcus linen is like that rugged rugged. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? But you can even get, it, get some good linen from like um, Banana Republic got some good linen. You understand what I'm saying? But it ain't KNG linen. That linen that I don't know what it just stands all the time. It don't lay on you. See, good linen lay on you like this. You know what I'm saying? Bad linen stands on you. Good linen lay, bad linen stands. Got you, right? So when we talk about she buys and sells like good linen garments, right? These, 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 are, these are beastly garments of natural character, right? But then it says she delivers belts to merchants. This is beautiful, right? But look at what verse 25 does. As beautiful as her entrepreneurial exploits are, it's trying to build a balance between the character of what she chooses materialistically but also the character of her soul. Look at what it says, strength and honor of her clothing. It says she may make linen, she may make work with wool and flax, but that really isn't her clothing. Her clothing is always deeper than what she has on. 
Now, now that's the beauty of this. This idea of strength is <clears throat> the property. I love this. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the property of being physically and mentally strong. That just doesn't come with just being a woman. It comes with going through some stuff and letting God work you into strength. Strength doesn't come automatically. You're not that great where you're strong in your own strength. Because in order to become strong, you must become weak. And when you become weak in God, he makes you strong in him. So strength in the Bible always points to not showing yourself strong by your own strength, but it really is a leaning into the Lord who is your strength, who is able to build you up in him in every single area of your life. He says she, she's a woman of strength. I love this. She's a woman of strength, but not only that, she's also a woman of honor. But it's interesting that this word strength is used of the Lord. The lame of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. It's connected deeply to the Lord. Uh, 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 and, 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 and so, so, so this terminology of strength is just a beautiful ideology. I, lo I love the way Proverbs 14, 26 puts it. It says, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children and his children have a refuge. In other words, confidence in the Lord is what makes this woman a beast. Yeah. I love this. So she's not putting her confidence in how many likes she gets on Instagram. She, she's not, she's not uh, putting her confidence in how many DMs she gets. Now, girlfriend, I, I ain't knocking your selfies. Do your selfie ministry. Do your thing. But don't put your confidence in it. Don't put your confidence in how you fix your makeup and how you set that thing up and how you and then you put a filter on it. Because there are you can filter your body and face all you want, but you can't filter your soul. You can't. You can't. So take your selfies, do your thing, but just know that when it comes to who you are, it's not changed by an app in the world. It's only changed by the apps that are in the scriptures. Right. And so and so when we look at the, the, this 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 idea of her, her having strength or being a woman of strength. It, it's so much to this. Right. Because then he goes from there. He says strength and honor are her clothing. <coughs> honor is a word. Some translations translated dignity. I like this word. I, I, this word is, is a beautiful word because the word means the quality. Listen to this, ladies, the quality of being worthy of esteem and respect. Okay. Can I say something really real? <clears throat> Sisters, when you have interactions with a man and you present yourself as easy, you deter, you don't actually create a deeper connection and make yourself available as a candidate for marriage. It actually deters him from viewing you that way. It's real quiet in here. In other words, you heard it said, women give themselves to get love. Men act like they love to get what they want. You have to stop thinking that giving yourself will equal love when it doesn't format what God wanted you to do in the first place. 
stop being desperate and stop giving yourself away and demeaning your ability to be viewed as a woman of character and esteem. One, 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 one of the things I'm going to let you know, this idea of esteem is me, you're not easy. I know ain't no amen going to come on that. Esteem, in other words, there's some stuff that's just below you. And let me tell you something, and dudes know it when they see it. We know it. That's why I see some of the bros like, we do. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to just be honest with you. We are very unattracted to thirstiness. I'm telling you, it's not a, y'all think, only thing, if you, if, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, take these words, I'm giving you game for $9.99, like my man said, <laughs> telling you, give me your million dollars worth of game for $9.99, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you present your body in a way on social media that objectifies you out there, don't be surprised if you get an, then I say, that's wifey right there. When men say that's wifey because of your body, that's code for I just want to sleep with her. That's not code for I would actually put a ring on it. Y'all, I mean, I'm, y'all, see, I, I'm just trying to help you. It's not. And so when we look at this idea, it's some stuff like when, like, like when you look at your page and everything's a selfie. That says thirsty. I'm t- like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. If everything, you in the mirror, you in the mirror. I'm, I'm not trying to objectify. I'm, but if you're in the mirror and you're taking a picture of your form and shape with something as a, praise the Lord for his grace. You can't be on the beach with a two-piece and have Proverbs 31 in your byline. I'm tr- like, y'all can get mad at me if you want to. I'm telling you. And dudes are like, I like what I see, but I wouldn't marry her. Because no man wants his wife's situation out there for other dudes to look at. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And so the woman worthy of esteem you don't even know, you trying, see, you, this is what happened to the woman with this thing. Dude was like, what her body look like? He trying to go through. I can't find nothing. <laughs> see, the dudes are laughing because you know what I'm, don't act, y'all, see y'all real out there. Be real in here with this Bible open. See, you want to be the woman where the man can't find what your body looks like just by looking online. Because if I can see everything online, help me today, I, I got to stop. Dishonor. Hide some stuff for us. You know what I'm saying? Save some ministry for later. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Um, <coughs> I was watching Spider-Man Homecoming with my kids. <sighs> and <clears throat> Spider-Man had unlocked the suit that Iron Man gave him. So he was wilding with the suit, right? And um, Iron Man came to him, Tony Stark came to him and said, take the suit off now. You know how he talk. And so Spider-Man is like, I can't because I'm nothing without the suit. And Stark says, if you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't have it in the first place. 
You can't see yourself as nothing without the way you want to portray yourself to the world. If that's only who you are, then you're not anything at all. But if you're in Christ, I want you to draw near to who Christ has made you to be as a godly. You're already a godly woman. Let me, let me give you the gospel real quick. You're already a godly woman. You just have to get out of the way of your godliness. That was so good. That was so good. I'm telling you, Christ has already made you godly. You're not trying to be godly. You're not. You just reflect and live in light of the godliness that he's already given you. So stop trying to be a godly woman. You're already a godly woman. You work from a place of victorious conquered celebration your femininity has already been conquered you don't have to wear a t-shirt to say i'm a feminist and all of that you don't have to do that i'm just telling you you don't have to wear female t-shirts all the time to let people know you're a listen be a female godly female don't have paraphernalia that points to the fact that you're a female all the time right and so when we look down to the next point next one i love this one it says she is a disciple maker she is a disciple maker. Look at what the text says. Verse 26. Her mouth speaks chokmah, or wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. I love this. This, this, is, this is biblical womanhood. This is biblical womanhood. She wants to make disciples. In other words, what she wants to do is she, I, I love the fact that this talks about um, wisdom being on her tongue, chokmah. Somebody say chokmah. Now the word for, that's, that's the word for wisdom. And this, and this is what it means. It means to apply God's truth. That's really all it means. Skillfully applying God's truth. <laughs> that means that a woman who has character is experiencing God. <laughs> she's experiencing the Lord in her life. And she's having great interactions with the Lord. And as she grows spiritually, she is endowed by God with the opportunity to say something valuable to someone else. That's, that's, that's an honor and a privilege, ladies. For you to have wisdom on your tongue and for you to be an instructor of God's truth, both organically and organized ways, one of the things that's a good aspiration is to want to be a disciple maker. And, 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 and that's the beauty of this. And so, you, you, so as you grow spiritually, God will help you to find ways to invest in particularly other women. And one of those things you don't do is go running after people. Because it's awkward. Can I disciple you if I don't see you that way? There should be a sense in which you're seen that way first and then through that platform make disciples. So that means that what does that look like? That looks like sometimes not even an organized discipleship relationship, but you're getting with other sisters, you got beastly peer relationships, and you're just dropping jewels. And you know you're going beast mode when some people take out their phone and go notepad ministry. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, that's, that's all right. Then all of a sudden, and then they try to tweet your stuff like they said it, but really, you know people to do that, right? Little thief, I see you. It's all good. <laughs> And so, and, so, and so that idea of this woman being this type of person to be around where you're a delight to be around, where you're able to drop truth on other women and other women get edified by you. Can you imagine that, ladies? 
a community of wise women who, when people first become believers, they're investing in their lives and giving them a track to spiritual maturity, nurturing them through different seasons of life. There's not cattiness, but there's a commitment to equality and love and, and, and sharing of the grace and peace of God in a God-glorified, peaceful environment where, where, where people can say, man, I don't even have to be a leader. I'm just willing to be here to just pour out truth into somebody else's life so that somebody else's life can become better. Next point. She is tuned into her home. It's interesting, as busy as this woman is, she is tuned into her home. It says in verse 27, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. I love that. And so here it's just presenting her as a person that she's tuned into where her, fa her, where her family is, She's tuned into where her children are. She's tuned into where her husband is. And she's engaging that. We've already went over that, so we won't, we, we, won't, we won't hang here long. But I think it's just very important even at this to show that in the Bible, women were able, based on Proverbs 31, to be entrepreneurs and do a bunch of stuff outside of the home. But they never found their value merely in what they did outside of the home. They also found their commitment to what they engaged in in the home. There is this arising popularity that if a woman wants to invest in her home, you're being less female because you're fighting against traditional 200-year-old philosophy of American Western womanhood and fight against that, but don't fight against biblical womanhood because a part of your sphere is the house. Now, somebody going to say, that's old school. No, it's not old school. It's just Bible. I didn't say you had to just be at home. I said you can have both, but you got to be able to be zoom lens into the home in a beastly way. Why? Because your kids ain't going to be excited about how far and how many degrees you got. That's not inspiring to your kids. Now, you should get degrees. So hear me. I'm not downing people getting it. Please don't come to me. Say, Pastor, went down. I'm not saying that. But when your children think about you, the last thing that they're necessarily impacted by is your education. Your education is inspirational, but it's not transformational. It's not. They're not transformed by what you do outside the home. Why? Because right after this, what does the text say? What does the text say? Her children rise up and call her blessed. Why? because she didn't neglect them in her feminine exploits in the world. That she was invested and tuned into the home. Now, for the person out there, whether you're a single mom, I'm not trying to beat you up. You gotta work two jobs. I'm not trying to beat you up. I know that there are exceptions to the rule. So we're not trying to beat up a woman who this is what I have to do to make ends meet, and I have to figure out ways to invest in my children. Man, there's a grace always given to you. When one thing's cut off, God will increase something in your life to make the moments that you get impactful. So don't hear me saying that, but God's 100-fold 100, uh, 100 rule is for man and woman together to be equal partners in engaging the household and for the woman to be freed up without the pressure of being the primary financial caregiver, but either a co- or a no-financial caregiver, either one is cool, so that she can make sure that the house is cool. When you have to, in thinking about this, and the beauty of this is beautiful because now we see that children want to be able to say, man, my mom was, I, I remember the culture of the house that my mom left. At, I, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Next point. I got to get out the way. Next point. 
She ex- in general, she just excels in biblical womanhood. Verse 29. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Wow. Her actions make people, places, and things around her want to be better. Last point, and I'm done. Her commitment to Yahweh is her greatest value. Her commitment to Yahweh is her greatest value. Look at what it says. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. This, this is beautiful um, because this woman understands that as beautiful as she is now, that will transition into a different type of beauty, physical beauty as she gets older. But her soul can always, her soul should always exceed her physical beauty. Her spiritual beauty must always exceed her physical beauty. And in doing that, this woman who fears the Lord stands in all the reality of God. She brings me to the close. Um, One of the things that I like to live my life like, as I think about my life, I always think about my funeral. That's how I live my life. I, live, I try to live my life backwards. And I try to raise my kids based on my funeral. I'll explain that in a second. Um, I try to pastor based on my funeral. I try to walk with Jesus the best of my ability to Christ's strength based on my funeral. It's, it's nothing like going to a funeral, particularly in the African-American context. And we be saying stuff about people. We be like, who who are they talking about? Like, it's like, what, what, what? I remember at, at, at at a funeral, the guy was just saying the person trusted Christ, and I was like, man, like, like, don't just, like, it's ways around that pastorally. You can bring comfort without lying. You can. It's a lot of great ways. God's coming back. Praise God for the gospel. We thank God for having experienced this person in the ways that God graced us to. That's stuff you say. But you don't start giving specific, like, people looking around, come on, dog. That, that's not true, right? But you know what? I want my funeral to have truth in it. I want, to, I want God to help me to live my life so that when my kids stand up at the testimony time, that they're able to talk concrete truth about what Christ did through me. I want members to have concrete truth. I want friends to have concrete truth. I don't want to put people in a position to lie about my character to make the funeral a good funeral. What am I saying to you? As a godly woman, keep walking with Jesus. Give people good stuff to say about you. Transformative stuff to say about you. As you open up your journey and as you live for him, imagine your husband, imagine your wife, imagine your children, imagine your family, imagine your friends at your funeral saying stuff and people who don't know Jesus hear about Jesus at your funeral 
all because there's an overwhelming, glorious character by the Spirit's work working in your life to be able to spread to others. Father, we thank you that character matters. <laughs> and I thank you for this passage that shows us with the rest of Scripture that women already got character. Godly women are already created when they trust Jesus Christ the Savior. God, I pray that you would strengthen the women here to be encouraged in that. Strengthen the men to be on the lookout for that. God, build families from all of us who have been changed. Will you change the trajectory of time for the glory and beauty of eternity? That we would experience you and walk in commitment to you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.